0: If it happened to us, it can happen to you. And welcome back to Booted Sisters. I'm Sarah, and I'll be joined by my sister Rachel. In today's episode, we recap Rachel's recent trip to Rome and compare it to my trip to Rome, which was several years ago. So please enjoy the episode and take a look at our Instagram for some photos to accompany your listening. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Pretty good. Um, So we haven't talked in a bit. We've been like... You're not going to ask how I am? How are you? Pretty good. (laughs) How are you? (laughs) I'm fine. We haven't talked in a bit. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I feel like it's been like the scrappiest version of our podcast in a long time. I'm curious what that's like from the listener's perspective, because I think we've been like playing it as cool as possible. Like, we like have not had a normal recording schedule at all, which we had for a while before. So I am yeah. like fully behind. I feel like a listener right now. I yeah. literally, as of today, everyone is caught up. Like we, all the episodes that we've recorded are out there. So I am Very a listener true. right now. Um, so yeah. For the listeners, Rachel and I are just going to spend as much time as we can right now, just pretty loosely debriefing a chunk, like a little part of her last couple of weeks. Um, because part of what she's been doing included going to Rome and we thought it'd be fun for her to update me on what her experience in Rome was like and compared to my experience in Rome. Uh, if you haven't heard, I spent like a day and a half in Rome one time. <laughs> It's like my favorite thing to talk about on this <laughs> yeah. podcast because this is my Italy experience. But, um, yeah, anything
1: to add? Yeah, so, um, I think my last couple of weeks will come up in at least probably one more episode. Um, but basically, I took some time off from work, um, and Josh and Jonathan came out to visit and did some of their own travels that maybe they'll get into. And then I took time off from work and Mary-Kate came out to visit. So I met Mary-Kate in Rome while Josh and Jonathan were getting back from Venice. And then the four of us all converged in Florence, blah, blah, blah. We we had some fun to Tuscany did Rome, a little bit of Napoli. All that will be debriefed eventually, but... We thought it'd be fun to compare my experience in Rome with Sarah's experience in Rome about five years-ish apart and with different- I'm going to (laughs) throw up. Five years? (laughs) Don't tell me that. Oh, man. So first there's going to be some reality processing and then we'll get into the actual comparisons. But yeah, so- we'll start it off. I, we don't really have a structure for this. So my girlfriend, Mary-Kate and I got a, a hotel near the Spanish steps and we were within really close walking distance to obviously the Spanish steps and then Trevi fountain and not too far from Pantheon. Um, and our first night there, we basically had the afternoon and, um, most of the next day we caught a train, um, at like 5 p.m. to go up to Florence so there's that and then we came back to Rome on the way back with Josh and Jonathan and all four of us had basically one day in Rome so all together about two days in Rome um, and this was my very first trip to Rome.
0: Um, uh, before anyone gets excited she wouldn't let me send her the address for the McDonald's outside of Rome to go check out that. Yeah just like <laughs> remains
1: in a, a McDonald's like no I wasn't gonna. We had like one <laughs> week to cram and as much as we could. I was not going to go to a McDonald's. So yeah, basically two days of Rome that we're talking about. So I think right off the bat, Sarah, um, I think you did Greece before Rome and like did Rome on your way out. So for you, you probably had Greece fresh in your mind as you looked around yeah. Rome. For me, I had Napoli in mind. So um, right for me, it was like, I was struck by the architectural differences um, and like the cleanliness differences. Uh, Rome was kind of a better maintained city, at least to my experience. Um, And it was cool, like there was like, there's a little more international, more tourists. And then the architecture was a little more coherent. I I don't really know how to explain it. I guess like the architecture almost reminded me of other parts of Europe. Um, in terms of, like, the the more modern-day buildings that are all kind of the same height, like I saw in France, that kind of stuff, whereas Napoli, especially, like, in the centro Storico, like, historical district, it's, like, each building's kind of its own height, they're all kind of old, they're all very old, um, and mismatching, I guess is a better word to say, so, like, the buildings in Rome felt like they were kind of coherent, whereas in Napoli,
0: they feel very
1: just mismatching and and disjointed in a way different character.
0: Anyway, I've talked a lot. Yeah. I just want to cut in because I think you're setting this up in a cool way because so just to set the scene, like if this is kind of supposed to be us comparing, um, so to set the scene for your situation, this was your first time going to Rome. Yes. But you've been spending some time in Italy. You've gone to a couple different areas largely in Napoli. So that's where your main like comparison drive is coming from. Um and then for me, when I did go to Rome apparently close to five years ago, I was there briefly on a trip. Devin and I went on a trip after we graduated college. That was we flew into it was largely a Greece trip. So we flew into Athens. We spent some time there. We went to Santorini and then we went to Rome. And then we went back to Athens. So it was mostly Greece. And then it was, I think it was about two and a half days in Rome. I always like shorten it every time I talk about it because it's embarrassing. But um, I think it was around two and a half days that we had in Rome. And that was my first time in Rome as well. But it was also the only time I've been to Rome and the only time I've been to Italy at all. Um, So I am really interested in these comparisons. Like One big difference that we have is that Rome is all I know of Italy and that's kind of the opposite for you until now you do know Rome, but like you only knew Italy without Rome. And so I think that's a really interesting point of comparison. Cause like, yeah, a lot of the time I was in Rome, I was thinking about, I'm sure this doesn't fully represent Italy. Like I can't, I kept kind of talking myself into like, I can't say I've been, I try really not to say that I've been to Italy. I say I've been to Rome <laughs> and I was thinking it while I was there where I was like, I just know that this is that, that like this country has a lot of big cities has a lot of different areas and i i maybe should have better habits about that with other countries but particularly with italy i was like i know i haven't like been to italy in the same way um and so it's funny cuz everything you're about to get or everything you've been getting into and are going to continue getting into really kind of reaffirms that mindset i have of like yes i've been to rome that doesn't mean i've seen all of italy so it's cool for me to be hearing the like comparisons now that you're um using something that i have a frame of reference around
1: Cool. Yeah. So then I guess along those vibes, like I got into a little bit of what struck me as different from my current surroundings in Napoli. So as you were in the middle of a Grecian excursion, what struck you as different in another city built by um a very, you know, closely related ancient civilization, but not the same one.
0: Yeah, that's actually. It was a long time ago, so I certainly can't channel like every thought I was having in the moment, but that is such an interesting question because it kind of was more similar than I expected in a way. Like I, <laughs> cause yeah, I was like really spending most of my time in Athens and then going to Rome and a lot of the like ruins are almost similar vibes. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's <laughs> makes sense, but I mean, we weren't just there for history either. So we were doing other well, I, Yeah. We were doing other things. And so I feel like the stuff that's more different that I can think of was like the food and the people and that kind of stuff. And so as far as the scenery, it almost was more similar, but we also like, yes, we were coming from Athens, but we were kind of coming straight from Santorini. So that's a little bit more of a big shift too. Um, obviously, but let's think, there definitely were differences. I just can't remember. It's not that fresh in my mind. Like, I can't remember specifically comparing buildings and stuff. Probably the streets felt pretty different. Right. Um, Yeah. And Athens was really interesting to me. Like it was, I knew it would be touristy, but it was a different version of touristy than I expected somehow. And Rome was maybe the most touristy place I've ever been, but also sort of a different version of that. It's like so hard to put into words.
1: No, and I think that's a little bit of what I was getting at with the Napoli thing is that like Rome felt so much more touristy. Um, yeah. Oh, definitely.
0: And,
1: you know, certainly since I hadn't been to Florence yet either, like the most touristy place I'd been to in Italy up to that point. So I think that's a fair comparison. And yeah, Greek Rome, uh, Greek ruins, Roman ruins at a certain point they're just columns. Um,
0: so. <laughs> yeah, so many columns, <laughs> a trip of columns. Um, I mean, certainly Athens didn't have the Colosseum, so that one was pretty different. Yeah. Um, I felt like there was like a different vibe to the preservation too, based on what we were doing, at least like the Roman stuff felt somehow like a bigger deal. Does oh, that make any sense? Or would you no, disagree? So
1: we can get into like exactly where we went here as we keep talking but I think I felt that especially as we went by the Roman Forum um and I think one of the things that is interesting about Rome is that like it is still a capital it is still like even though the concept of Italy is still very recent and it's certainly not the same culture or group of people that physical area has been a place of power continuously for thousands of years. And it's similar in Athens, but it's it's also very different. Like I think Ath- like the, the Greek empire really was never what the Roman empire was. And that Athens as a place didn't have the same feeling of power. It, it was maybe because it was a little bit more like about the mythology and the gods and less about like like walking by the Roman forum and being like, this was a government place. I feel like Athens was a lot of temples and a lot of like religious things. Um, so I think just the idea of a continuous presence of government was pretty imposing.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I was pretty specifically picturing the Roman Forum as I was making that comment, too. Like the Roman Forum plus the Colosseum. I don't, I just don't know how to explain it, but somehow going those places, it felt a lot more controlled than I felt like in Athens. I'd be like, wait, like, are those ruins right there? Like, should I be careful? You know, I don't, <laughs> don't want to act like over dramatic about
1: that, but that's so- sort of how it felt. No. And that's very true. I'm I'm right now I'm picturing Hadrian's arch and it's like, you just kind of like walk by it and you're like, okay, cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess before having gone to either of those places um, I think all of it is like more accessible and you're really right in it than I expected it to be. And this probably uh, makes you think of Pompeii a bit too, as far as that kind of stuff. Like I hadn't seen anything that old. <laughs> before I went to Athens. And so I think like when that's just an idea versus when you're really there, it's a little surprising how chill it is almost. Um, but in Rome, it felt a lot more controlled to me.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Um, okay. So one of the things you specifically asked in comparison, which is kind of the idea where I got the idea to compare our trips, um, was about the Spanish steps and whether it's (laughs) legal to, to sit on the Spanish steps. Um, And that was actually the first like major landmark that MK and I explored. Um, And we, we came to it from the top. We were, um, I did too. Okay. Okay. Our hotel was um, closer to there. So we, we came to it from the top. We peeked into the um, the chapel that's there and everything like that. Um, And as we were walking down also we got there right at sunset so it was it was really crowded and beautiful um but as you walk down the stairs there were certainly people like chilling and um hanging out at like the the top flights of stairs so basically it comes down there's like the first level and two flights of stairs split um on either side and then kind of similar on the next level and then like the main stairs that come down near the um, piazza and the uh, fountain that was where there were cops, security guards, whatever, um, standing around and they had whistles. And if you sat on that main um, wide flight of stairs near the fountain, they would whistle at you during the day. We went back at night and there were no cops um, and certainly not nearly as many people. But during the day, especially around sunset, it seemed like, um, yes, it was true that on the The main flight of stairs at the bottom,
0: you are not allowed to sit. Okay, cool. Thank you for following up. Uh, Yeah, you sent me a picture of that, and it looked so different from what I saw um, when I was there. I'm sure there was police presence there or something, but they definitely weren't controlling you sitting, so I'm... I don't remember anything that they were controlling. I just remember it being like really overwhelming and crowded. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna see if Devin has a different has anything to add there. But that's definitely a hundred percent I can say it's different. I mean, we I did the research and saw that the law changed after I was there. So it makes sense, but interesting. I almost am surprised that people were sitting at all. Yeah, I mean, it could have been any number of things. It was
1: it was closer to the fountain, so maybe they were just like, Oh, let's sit and watch the fountain. Um, or more likely they're just at the, at the end of the day and tired of walking around and this was one place where not a lot of people were sitting so they could try to sit but yeah I, I, I did find it interesting that like they were specifically enforcing it at one place and not like throughout but whatever um okay cool. so the next major landmark that we walked by was uh Trevi Fountain which I heard it before I saw it we came from like behind yeah. it yeah <laughs> And that was really cool. Just like how active of a fountain it is and yeah. like very loud. It is loud. Um, I forgot about that. It's really loud. Yeah. And we saw it for the first time we saw it was at night, which was really cool. Cause it's like, they have a lot of lights all around it. So the water just looks really cool as it's going through. Um, and so that's the first thing that stood out to me was like the lights and the sound. Uh, and then even though it was like, you know, getting later into the evening time, like just so many people crowded around it.
0: Um, okay. Question. Did you throw coins in? We did
1: not know. Um... Oh, that's sad.
0: No, um, cause I was I... going to ask if you did it the right way. Do you know what that means? <laughs> no, no. What's what oh, okay. So the correct way, um, uh, when Devin and I were in Rome, we met up with our friend, Alex, who was in Rome with his girlfriend and they had been to the Trevi fountain before we had, we were like getting dinner with them before we went. And they explained that they, I think they had a tour guide, explain this to them. And um, you take your coin in your right hand and you throw it over your left shoulder. If you knew, I should have told you that going into it because you probably would have noticed a lot of people doing it. Cause obviously the tour guides tell people that. No, I think
1: we just like completely, we were both in all of it and like really claustrophobic at the same time. Um, so I think we're like, yep, cool. Beautiful. Wow. We're in Rome. Let's go. So at the the fountain by the Spanish steps, there really weren't any coins in it. So it felt like throwing coins in fountains. And I, you know, looked at this one fountain and, and applied a general rule to a whole city, but it felt like throwing coins in fountains wasn't super encouraged. Cause if, I've never in the States, I've never seen a pool of water that was somewhat decorative without coins in it. Um, So I figured, Oh, well, if there's not in Spanish steps, maybe it's not, tradition or, you know, they get, they get swiped up pretty quickly before they can accumulate or whatever the case may be. Um, so it didn't even occur to me as we were walking by Trevi Fountain to, to bother, but I certainly didn't know about the tradition. That's, that's fascinating.
0: Yeah. And it's, so the reason that there's a specific way to do it is because it's good luck. I think it's like good luck and love or something like that. Um, if you do it the correct way and people, at least back then future Sarah will correct, but people are, Definitely encouraged. I mean, I think that it's one of those things you just can't stop it um, because so many people want to. But my understanding is that they donate the money. They clear out the fountain and they donate the money.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Future Sarah here. So in 2001, the mayor of Rome declared that the money that is tossed into the Trevi Fountain is property of the city. So once it's tossed in there, it's illegal to take it out. Um, obviously people still try to steal sometimes, but I think there's a pretty large police presence there that tries to, uh, control that, but the money is collected and given to a Catholic charity that provides the funds to like homeless shelters and soup kitchens and things of that nature. Well, now I know,
1: but we still liked it. We actually did pop into, I think we popped into the church. There's like a, of course, a super old church um right there and it happened to be open while we were walking by pretty sure we popped into that one there are a few churches on the strip so they all kind of blend together but i think we did pop into that, that one Devin I- and i
0: also went to kind of a lot of churches in rome so i wish i remembered maybe we'll have to compare lists and see if we went to any of the same ones
1: yeah i'll i'll definitely do a better job of like writing down like there's at least one that i know we went to but i need to look up the name um and yeah, I'm pretty sure we went inside that one there. I think at the Spanish steps, we just like peeked inside at this one. We actually went inside. Um, and then I know of at least one more. But yeah, so interesting that you already have, you know, a different experience at some of the same landmarks. But so far,
0: everything you've mentioned, we've both been to, except for vague church.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thing. Okay. So our, so that dinner um, that night, we got pasta. Um, and I wanted the cacio e pepe, but my eyes caught like some fresh mushrooms that the restaurant had and they had like a porcini pasta and I was like, well, there's super fresh mushrooms. It looks really good. So I got the mushroom pasta. So then MK ordered the cacio e pepe and it's like. Do you, by chance, want (laughs) to (laughs) buy Why, yes, I do. But yeah, no, Rome really felt like a pasta city. Obviously, you can get pasta plenty of places here in Napoli. You can get really good pasta in Napoli, but like Napoli is the pizza city. I'm sure you can get amazing pizza in Rome, um, but it felt like pasta was the thing to order. And that's what I was looking forward to ordering. I know carbonara is like really famous there as well, but that was the dinner we got then. And it was delicious. How did you decide on your restaurant? That one was actually a recommendation from, uh, our taxi driver. I, uh, have a few like restaurant recommendations from Neapolitans who, who have, you know, talked about Rome, but, um, those were like farther away. So we didn't go there that night. we also didn't go, um, when we were with Josh and Jonathan. So I still have a couple recommendations to try out the next time in Rome.
0: Cool. I want to get into specifics, but we gotta be (laughs) cognizant of time and not waste time. So just to call out to anybody planning on going to Rome, feel free to reach out for recommendations. How about that?
1: Okay. So the next day um we went to the we went outside the Pantheon and then it was a Sunday. So they had a service going on. We're like, oh well we have to wait until after the service Um, so we walked around Rome, um, got some coffee and pastries and then we came back and (laughs) apparently on Sundays, like on Saturday, Sunday, you have to actually have a reservation to go into the Pantheon. So like the whole rest of the week, you're good to go, but this was like the one day where we actually had to have a reservation. So we couldn't go inside that day, but it was still really cool. Um, but we walked around like some ruins. This is when we went into another big, beautiful cathedral um, and, and saw plenty of like Roman architecture. Once we figured out that we couldn't get inside the Pantheon, we just kind of went back to our hotel, um, relaxed for a bit, then packed up and caught the train. So that was when it was just me and MK. And then we came back, you know, at the end of the week, we came back for one night with Josh and Jonathan, um, got more pasta. We got there like in the evening so we didn't really like see anything we against all the the spanish steps um but we didn't really like see anything that night the next morning mk and i went to vatican city josh and jonathan went to an archaeological museum and then we met up at the pantheon and actually went in pantheon so all four of us were able to go on this time Sweet. Um, did you did you guys do vatican city at all
0: Yes. Yeah, we did. We we did it all. We got tickets in advance, I think. Um, I mean, I guess I didn't mention specifically, but we were there May 20th or something like that. And so it was definitely like pretty close to the height of the season by being close to summer. So everything was like really, really crowded. But yeah, so we planned in advance. We got tickets to St. Peter's Basilica, And then Vatican Museum, like I don't remember what needed a ticket, what didn't, but we did all of it. We did St. Peter's Basilica and then we went to the Vatican Museum um, and like everything that is in between those, like we walked all around. So I think there was at that time, at least part of it that you could do without a ticket, but then to go all the way up, you needed a ticket or something like that.
1: Yeah. So we specifically cared about seeing the Sistine Chapel and um, we knew we didn't want to spend all day uh, in Vatican City, but We got tickets to go to the Vatican museums and then you just kind of like snake your way through and end up in the Sistine Chapel. And then when we were done with that, we left like the city limits and walked over to St. Peter's Square. So we did not go into the Basilica at all, um, but we did get to see the museums and the Sistine Chapel. And to us, to be honest, like the Sistine Chapel was very, very impressive, imposing, like literally painted from (laughs) ceiling to floor um and that i think they did they did a good job they would like periodically make some um, announcements about maintaining silence and being respectful of the space and everything like that so that one felt religious and and you know um like a, a sacred place but the rest of the vatican museums um, i'm sure it was partially influenced by all the museums we'd seen the whole week leading up to that with that kind of stuff the roman statues and um renaissance art in florence i think it just all kind of blended into art and and as we walked through the vatican museums it didn't feel particularly like holy to us like oh my god i'm walking around the vatican it felt like oh this is another like old institution with a collection of ancient things and also some art um which isn't to say it wasn't beautiful or in good condition or like the rooms themselves um, and like all the art, like on the ceiling and on the walls and everything weren't beautiful, but like it didn't feel like the Vatican in the way I expected it to um, in terms of like the, you know, heart of the Catholic church in a very holy place Um, other than the Sistine chapel. It didn't really feel like particularly solemn and holy in a way that I was expecting. I don't know. I don't know what I expected, but it, it didn't give off that impression to me. I don't know how, how you guys had, you know, what your experience was.
0: Yeah. So I would say that like a big difference that cha- that like impacted that sort of a mindset was that Devin and I had gone, we went to the museum after we had done, um, St. Peter's Basilica. So we kind of had been like really in it <laughs> for a while. Um, like I, we didn't spend a whole day, honestly, it probably sounds like more time than it was. I think like we went in the morning, but then we got lunch after kind of deal. Like it's not like after all of it. Um, so it wasn't like the whole day, but it was kind of the whole morning. And so I think we were pretty, like when you say solemn and, um, holy, I would say we were way more in that vibe because we had been coming from the Basilica. So I guess like, Hey, that could be a good way to do it, (laughs) but B that makes sense that it would impact it. But everything you were saying about like the whole museum and like other museums, like in coming from Florence, like that makes a lot of sense to me. Like when I think of like my day-to-day in Denver versus like, if you're spending a few days all across Italy or in certain, like that's almost too much history and art and stuff to pack in at once. Like that's really overwhelming to a person. So it honestly makes a lot of sense to me when you describe it that way. And the other thing that I would like you didn't say it quite like this, but one thing I would say impacted my experience, and I feel like you would agree with, was like the idea of like being excited for the Sistine Chapel makes it a little hard to give everything else the same level of respect when you're like working towards that because that's at the end, um, right? Like fully at the end or towards yeah, the end? That, yeah, it's No, like, you're
1: one hundred percent right.
0: That yeah. that was like we're like,
1: come on, come on, let's go, let's get there.
0: Yeah, and so even though this was so long ago for me, I honestly remember. Feeling like I almost want to say guilt or like feeling awkward around like I was really trying to like force interest in the rest of the museum And that I felt bad that I was like not as naturally interested in everything else versus like what we were working towards. Like I was just really excited to see the Sistine Chapel. And so it was hard to like be excited about everything in between. Um and it kind of is a lot, or at least as I remember it, it was like a lot. And so it was pretty hard to appreciate absolutely everything. We had a tour. So that helped because with pacing and everything and with like hearing stuff about it. So I I would say we had a really good experience with it, but I'm not surprised for one second that coming from days of museums and spending time in Rome and in Florence, like I'm not surprised at all to hear that that would, you would be almost like burnt out on that stuff. Um, So yeah, that, that all makes sense. Um, I would definitely agree that the Sistine Chapel itself is like not like an experience I've had in other museums. Like they were pretty good about keeping people quiet. I remember them being crazy, not crazy. I remember them being pretty strict about pictures and it was like really getting on my nerves when I would see people still taking pictures. Did you have that experience? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think I was trying to be very in the moment. So I i just knew that I didn't have my phone out and I didn't really notice a whole lot of other people, but MK definitely saw a lot of people like taking pictures. Um, And no, you're totally right that like it just you're waiting for the Sistine Chapel the whole time as you're walking through all the other corridors and amazing collections. And even though we went like pretty early in the morning, um, not too long after they opened and it wasn't peak season, there's just so many people being funneled through with you. I think those two things kind of impacted it. But I do wonder like what our our impression would have been if we had actually gone inside the Basilica and really committed to the Vatican. Really, we just like, MK and I cared about seeing the Sistine Chapel. We were fitting that in before meeting up with the guys later. So it was, I think, just a a combination of of things. I don't, it was beautiful. It was great. I don't regret anything. But it was not, I guess, the experience I was expecting with like going to Vatican City, you know?
0: yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense to, yeah, I'm just going to repeat myself, but that makes sense. Um, And it's an interesting thing to break down because it's like, we shouldn't feel guilt around the way we spend our time or the way we react to things, but that sort of is how it feels sometimes. Like I'm not sure if guilt is the exact right word I mean, but um, sometimes it just feels like you're supposed to feel a certain way or you're supposed to be excited about a certain thing. And sometimes it can be surprising when it turns out differently, but like, that's not necessarily bad. (laughs) It's fine.
1: I'm always going to remember that moment of like standing in the Sistine Chapel. And you know what? That was the goal for the day.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay. I have two things that are pretty different. One is just a quick question Does this mean that Josh and Jonathan didn't go to the Sistine Chapel?
1: Yeah. um, We were chronically bad at like getting tickets with enough time to actually get enough to like, we kept being like, "Oh, we'll be able to buy tickets when we show up to the museum," which was just not the case with so many of these places, even though it is like sort of the off season. Um, so MK and I were going to do it like first thing in the morning, and um, we did do it with like a, a, a group that would, you know, like a cut the line kind of group. Um, so it was like more than the normal ticket price, and they just they they knew there was like no shortage of museums that they would be just as interested in. So they planned to go to this archaeological museum that actually was like for this kind of forgotten society that was like the precursor or also kind of a rival to the Roman society. So they had a great time going to that other museum, but you are correct that they did not go to the Sistine Chapel.
0: Got it. Um okay, I won't judge too hard cuz that's fair. Um okay, the other thing is a little game. Uh so, imagine you're in the Sistine Chapel and then you're leaving the Sistine Chapel. You are exiting your experience in the entire Vatican Museum. You're going to leave and continue your day. You and MK get split up in that crowd. Imagine you can't text and you didn't have a plan ahead of time. Like you, you can't get in touch with each other. Where would you go to find MK after that split up?
1: Oh, uh, that's a tough one. Cause they keep having sign like Ushida Ushida, like they keep showing you exit signs, but you have to like really kind of wrap down and then go through the gift shop. Like yep, it's you hard can, to get to the
0: exit. Yeah, yeah. I can picture exactly what you're talking about. So in yeah. that process of weaving through getting out, you've yeah. lost each other. Where do you find each other?
1: I would probably either go to the bathroom or go, just outside like the wall of Vatican city, like actually exit and meet there, um, away from like outside of the museums
0: completely. Okay. So I'm going to share my screen and we're going to look at a map <laughs> based <laughs> on what you said for the second option. Okay. So we're in Vatican city. This is St. Peter's Basilica. So here's like the square and you're coming out from like kind of this side, right? Can you see my screen? Sorry. Everyone just no, got so a you're flavor. Kinda, of you're me during north. The day. <laughs> um, yeah where's the <laughs> um if you go more north
1: paintings gallery and Vatican. yeah yeah okay
0: like okay yeah. so here's where you're coming out of and this is like the so when you say leave yeah. the walls of the city you're talking about like you would meet like here or so, something yeah
1: like- so you- yeah exactly when you walk straight yeah by that piazza risorgimento, whatever yeah. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll take a <laughs> screenshot of this to show um, of this moment to show what yeah. we're talking about.
1: Um, okay. I'm pretty sure that's like where the gate is, like the entry and yeah. exit to the museum itself.
0: Okay, if, yeah, that makes if sense. I'm, if I I'm remembering it. correctly. yeah, I think
1: that's it.
0: I think that's accurate. Okay, so I'm asking this question because this happened to me. <laughs> so Devin and I got separated in that moment, and neither of us had phone plans, and we hadn't thought about like we hadn't thought about what, what happens if we get separated? Cause we just didn't think that would happen. Why would we get separated? And um, so that wasn't something we had discussed, but it happened. And it started with, I think I was lingering in the gift shop for a second after we had gotten separated, kind of hoping we would find each other there. And then when it was clear that she wasn't in there, I was like, well, that means she could be pretty far out because if you, the gift shop is almost, if I'm remembering it correctly, the gift shop is almost like kind of you're like weaving through halls to exit and the gift shop is kind of in that hall part of it. Does that make sense? Sure, yeah. There are like several gift shops and okay. then there's like the one that's like, this is the final gift. Okay. Shop. So I guess no. that's part of the problem. When you say several gift shops, I was probably in one of the early ones we were separated and then it was like, shoot, she's obviously not in here. Keep weaving through. I probably peeked into the other ones, but I was just like, this was like a dilemma. I haven't had very many times in my life of like, okay, Think like Devin, but Devin is thinking like me. So think like what each of us would meet in the middle <laughs> thinking of each. It was such a fascinating problem. Um, and so the answer was that we both ultimately had a long-term plan of worst case scenario, we end up back at the Airbnb. Or actually, that would be like truly worst case scenario, but in between, the like the next worst step is that we would find a cafe and get on Wi-Fi and find each other. And we knew. So obviously this is like me debriefing after I know what she knew too. Sure, so I'm kind yeah. of giving both our perspectives, but we both had that thought of like, okay, like the worst, you know, the more dramatic thing is to like find ourselves at a cafe to get on Wi-Fi, and the other person would eventually do the same thing. And then we would be in contact. Um, So that was like what was running through both our minds. But then we were obviously trying not to have to get quite to that point. And so we were like, okay, where, where would the other person be? So we ended up. I have a picture of it that I'll share, but we ended up both thinking of the same spot in the square that we ultimately met at. So I was we were really proud of ourselves that like at the end of it, it took a bit, but it wasn't that long. Um, But at the end of it, we both kind of thought of how about the square? How about pretty middle in the square so we can be scanning to see for the other person? And so we found ourselves there. So anyway, hope you enjoyed that little game. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> it's funny that you had a different answer. Not that different because like I think based on where we had spent a lot of time in the square and we had been at the top of the tower looking down at the square. So I think that was more in the front of our minds than it would have been for you versus like the, yeah. the entrance of the city was probably kind of the more prominent landmark in your mind. Absolutely. Yeah. So that yeah. same line of thinking essentially. So anyway, um, I don't think I'll travel without a phone plan in the future. I'm grown now. Um, but and maybe Josh and Jonathan had experiences with that that I'll talk to them about. But um, I guess tip to anybody who chooses to maybe think through a plan of where you would meet somebody because we just didn't think that that was an important plan and it happened to us. If it happened to us, it can happen to you.
1: Well, that's a perfect segue because um, the next thing that we did was uh, we had to make our rendezvous with Josh and Jonathan after Vatican. Um, we de- we like had that um, that time in the back of our head as we were going through the museums for sure. So we we had said we're gonna meet at noon at the Pantheon. Um so we like looked at the St. Peter's Square quickly um on our way out there, which was definitely worth seeing. Um and then we went to the Pantheon and um found them there. Um so yes we <laughs> the night before we would definitely made a rendezvous point knowing that we were gonna have to work around that. And that was like definitely a gamble with going to different museums
0: in the morning. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's obviously different if you know you're going to be separated, but still like depending on somebody else's time and like, I guess like It's certainly less pressure, but it's still stressful to just be like, I wonder if they'll be there on time or I hope that I, you know, we've both fully understood or remembered the plan. Right. Cause otherwise then we're just sitting there
1: wasting our only day in room. Yeah. Yeah. No, it worked out just fine. Um, And then yes, this was a weekday. So we all made it in the Pantheon and got to see it, which was really cool. That's like, it's very clearly at one point, a temple and, but still like very clearly a cathedral at this point, like for over a thousand years. I think it'd been a temple for a couple centuries before they converted it, but it was built in one AD. So this was like a super old building and we just love like the hole in the top. Um, did you guys go inside? Yes.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, the hole in the top. I almost like forgot about that. I was trying to picture it the whole time you've been talking. I'm like, this gets into the like, it's overload. Like it's crazy for things that are like one of the most cool and dramatic things I've ever seen in my life for it to be like, kind of in the back of my mind of like, what does that look like again? Just because it's like so much saturation with seeing so many things at once. Um, So yeah, yeah, I was looking at a, I was looking at a picture a few minutes ago to remind myself and that hole in the top is really cool. I forgot about that. We had so many questions about the
1: rain and everything else, but you know, it's been almost two millennia by now. So I guess it's worked out for them. So then from there, we just kind of lazily made our way over to the Coliseum. Um for the sake of time, we decided we weren't going to go inside, but we didn't like rush over there. So we um walked by some ruins as per usual, um But we also like specifically passed by the Roman Forum, which we already touched on a little bit, but just like so imposing and like very clearly still like an active place of government and, and power and stuff. It was it was really cool to see. And that's really close to where the Colosseum is so we just kind of turned the corner from there and walked over did a full lap around the Colosseum got some pictures. Um, and I think going back to the our start of the conversation like comparing that with with Greece and with like other places in Italy, just like the size of those two places in particular especially uh, also the Pantheon, like all these are just in such good condition and and huge. And I think a lot of other like temples and ruins around the Mediterranean aren't like as just preserved kind of getting what you were saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Certainly not to say that like Athens has no preservation, <laughs> obviously they do, but the comparison did feel like Rome is like really, really, really strong in preservation. Wait, can I cut in real quick about the Coliseum just before we brush past? Cause I was going to ask you, oh, go ahead. I was going to ask if you lost Devin there as well, but no, go ahead. <laughs> no. because um, I was going to ask, I knew you would obviously get to it, but I was curious, like you're planning around since you had such a limited time, which we also had a limited time, but you're planning around like whether to go or not. So um not too surprised to hear what the result was just with everything else to balance, but we did go. Um, that was wild. And it was like, we lined it up with going to the Roman form. So we went to the Coliseum and then to the Roman form. Um, and let me just show you this picture from <laughs> the Coliseum. Aww. I don't know if you remember it from the time, but a just a, seagull. a little seagull just hanging out.
1: Um, oh my gosh. Josh and Jonathan were obsessed with the pigeons the whole trip. Which is like <laughs> a, the most common of all birds, literally every city, but this like there's this one, we kept like taking selfies and there's this one selfie where the, a pigeon walked by like right as the timer was going off. So we have like a little pigeon butt in with like the picture
0: <laughs> of the rest of us. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, we we did the Coliseum. It was really, I'm glad we did it. Um, it was really fascinating. And it was, we did like a audio tour while we walked. So it was one of those things that was just like, Really cool to get the full history told to you while you were looking at it. Um, pretty, I mean, we had some people tell us like that they didn't bother going or that they wouldn't recommend going, just because it's like obviously doom and gloom when you think of the history if you're like really thinking about it. Oh yeah. For um, sure. Or not that hard, but um, one thing that I just like remember that it was funny is like so we when we went to the Coliseum, it was the start of our day, I think probably the day after we went to the Vatican. And um, it was the first thing. So we took a taxi from our Airbnb to the Coliseum. Like, literally, we got a taxi and we said, take us to the Coliseum, which like obviously, like, how can you be more tourist than that? Like, I, I recognize that. But the taxi the tax- Oh yeah, obviously, I'm not like embarrassed, but it's just like that's the picture that I'm painting. Clearly, that's what we were doing. Uh, but the taxi driver. I don't know how I remember this or how I knew for sure. Cause I'm sure he was speaking Italian, but he was like roasting us. Like he was making fun of us for going to the call. He was like on the phone with somebody. And he was like talking about how the people in his taxi were going to the Coliseum, LOL. Like, I guess maybe it was kind of okay, like, bro. if you go to New York city and you take a taxi to times square, like how would the, ca- the cab driver probably be like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> Makes sense. Like, okay. But anyway, um, I just think that Thank that was funny. You were not
1: wanting to take your luggage on the Metro or whatever. <laughs> you know?
0: Right. No, I mean, I wasn't offended. I just thought it was so funny. Like, and it's, I, I only remember it because I think I took a Snapchat, like I found recently one or one time when I was like looking back on pictures, I found a screenshot of like my Snapchat of like, you could obviously only see like kind of the shape of this guy, but the taxi driver in my caption was like, I think he's making fun of us for going to the Coliseum. That's funny. But yeah, that's pretty much all I've got to say. I feel like going to the Colosseum, I don't want to get all too deep into it, but it was really interesting to see and just like one of the bigger, wilder things I've ever seen. Um, but it is it, just the structure of it is crazy and then going to the Roman Forum and putting all of that together, like just seeing these structures is just so different. <laughs> I can't emphasize enough, like we just don't have anything like this in the US. You can't be doing this in the US. No, definitely not. And it was like
1: it's cool because Josh and Jonathan live in like one of the most historical historical cities in the U.S. and give tours in one of the most historical cities in the U.S. And to them, it was still just like, wow, like there's just like they're talking in terms of millennia. And we're talking in terms of century. Like it's just not comparable. It's good to hear you say that it was worthwhile going inside because um, obviously I was tailoring the trip to the people who were just visiting and we wanted to fit in more rather than spend longer time in in any given spot, but I have the luxury of being able to go back if I want to actually go in and do a tour with the Coliseum. So that's cool to hear that it's a decent option if I want to. Yeah.
0: Five years ago. Right. Yeah, sure. Damn. You're really roasting me about this age or how much time has passed. thing. It's making me so sad. Yes. I would recommend it for you at some point if you find yourself in room a couple more times, especially. And I guess just from a perspective, I'm trying to think of like, if somebody were to be listening to this in like Going to Rome themselves. Obviously, we're not giving spec- too many specifics as far as like any random small things, just the big things that everyone's already <laughs> going to do. But I would say, like, Devin and I did prioritize it on our limited time. And I am glad we did. I'm really glad we went, but it did take a lot of time and it took a lot of like kind of energy and emotional like dedication that, um, I can respect that other people would prefer to use elsewhere. So I I think that's probably a good call for you guys to have chosen a different priority for your time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's really what it came down to. Um, and we were able to hit a lot of them, the big landmarks. And I think that's what was important to all of us. That's pretty much it. We went by Trevi again and saw it in the daytime, which I think this was the first time the, the guys saw it. And from there, we pretty much just grabbed our bags and went to the train station. Um, so those are my highlights from Rome. Um, any other highlights for you? Any places that you went to that we didn't get to this time?
0: Um. So let me just double check before I like say a hard no, because right now all I'm thinking is that it was small stuff. Like we did a bit of walking. So it was stuff that I wouldn't really remember the name of, or like I said, like you and I probably both went to several churches, maybe with overlap, likely with no overlap, like lots of churches were options. I don't remember the name of any of it, but we kind of went into this other area. I want to say we just kind of walked around a lot. So I feel like we did more walking than I've talked about. Um, And that was cool. So we got a little bit more, like we weren't only, all I've really painted a picture of was us being in Vatican City and us being in like right by the Colosseum and stuff. So we definitely got more of a spread than that. We hung out near the Colosseum multiple times. Like we spent a bit of time in that area, but otherwise we got a decent spread of the city. And then this was like, I know I said that the California Airbnb was my favorite that I've ever been to and I stand by that. However, this Airbnb was really like a fun experience that Devin and I had. The the place itself was like fine. <laughs> we like shared a bed in a room. I'm sure we paid like pretty much no money for this thing. It was like a shared house type situation or like apartment. But our host was this older lady and it was pretty close to Vatican City where the Airbnb was. We liked the location, but the listing like it just looked like what we needed, the price was right, all that stuff, but this woman talked about her cat, like, oh, like, just so you know, my cat will be here. Please like understand that you're staying in an Airbnb with a cat. And we were like psyched for this cat because we both were like excited that we get to hang out with the cat during our trip. And we got there and there was, we didn't see a cat and we asked her, <laughs> Devin remembered the name of the cat. I don't remember now. I didn't remember them, but Devin knew the name of the cat off the top of her head and was like, where's, you know, snowball or whatever. <laughs> she was like, where's the cat? And the woman, like, had this, like, very sad reaction, like, that she was, like, so sad that, like, we didn't know and that she had to tell us, but that we ca- Like, it was, seemed like it was heartwarming oh to her God. that we cared, but she had to deliver the news that the cat had died between when, when we booked the Airbnb and when we stayed there. So we started off on oh. this really sad, but I think it, like, was kind of sweet that she got to talk to us about the cat, that we cared and we're excited. I yeah. think she really liked that but it was so sad, (laughs) but this woman was so sweet. We just loved her. Like she was just like friendly. I mean, we felt super comfortable, but she also, I don't remember if she had made it clear in the listing or what, but she like insisted on providing us with breakfast every morning. So we stayed there. It must've been two nights. Um, and so we had two mornings there and she let us know when we checked in, she explained like, please like, let me know your schedule as far as like when you're leaving in the morning so that I know what time to make you breakfast. And it was just like, so sweet. And she, um, yeah, we might've had three mornings there, but so the first morning she made us a whole breakfast with freshly squeezed orange juice. Like it was, I don't remember what else Aww. all the food was, but it was such a, like, we literally wake up and come out of our room to like somebody making us breakfast. Like it was just so sweet and she was so nice. And then we kept telling her like, okay, tomorrow we're going to have an earlier start to the day. We really do not want you to make us breakfast. Like we do not want to put you out. We don't expect that from you. I, I don't remember like what time or anything like that, but we just knew that we were probably going to be rushed and we didn't want to like have to spend the time sitting and eating breakfast, but also we really would feel terrible if she spent her time like making it for us. So several times like the day before this was happening, we kept, we like told her like we will not, like we won't have breakfast tomorrow. And she was like, yep, that's like fine. A lot of times like, you know, this is why I ask for your plans and your schedule. Like I want to make you breakfast, but I understand. And she gave us coupons to use at like a coffee shop, or you know some sort of a cafe down the street because she couldn't get like it was just like the sweetest thing ever um so I honestly want to say again I guess I should have brought Devin on But I'll ask Devin some clarifying things here. But I want to say we couldn't figure out where the coupons were for. We couldn't use them for some reason. Um, We might have because we did like get breakfast on our way to the Vatican. But um, there was some confusion with the coupons. But it was the thought that counts. Like it was so sweet. She was insisting. Um, So, yeah, that was like a big highlight for us was like this Airbnb. What a great moment. Mhm.
1: Um I I think breakfast culture it's funny because like breakfast certainly not the American style with like some savory components like breakfast is like a coffee and a pastry um but in my hospitality experiences it's definitely been a thing. Um so I wonder if that's either a they know Americans like breakfast and so they really want to give Americans breakfast or b that's just like a hospitality tradition of like making sure that your guests are fed first thing in the morning. Um, I'm not sure, maybe somewhere in between.
0: Yeah, I guess a little teaser. Cause I'll talk about this someday and it's not for this episode, but one of the Airbnbs I stayed in in Scotland, it was like a family, <laughs> um, lived like, yeah, it was like a house with a family living in it and they like, we joined them for their entire family breakfast each morning and they made a whole, like a full Scottish breakfast type situation. So Yeah, um, we'll talk more about that when I someday talk about Scotland. We could do
1: an Airbnb breakfast episode because we also have Cusco. Yeah, yep, in Cusco. Anyway, we've got some breakfasts and some Airbnbs and and whatnot. Um, We'll do a full Airbnb episode someday.
0: Yeah, maybe we should do an Airbnb's (laughs) Q&A.
1: Oh, that'd be fun. Cool. Um, but yeah, no, it was really exciting to see Rome for the first time. Um, very exciting to see uh, like a more built up city that wasn't Napoli. That was, this was really my first Italian city proper that I'd like walked around in um, outside of Napoli. And it was, it. there was definitely like some similar vibes for sure, but overall like very different energy. And it was, it was cool to like see how um, even cities that aren't that far apart can have, distinct personalities much like you know you would find in any country but um, I don't know it was
0: it was was nice to like see more of Italy um, outside of Naples. As of right now how do you feel about the idea of um, going to other cities in Italy like how much of a priority is that for you?
1: I like doing it as a part of people visiting me there are still plenty of other people who want to visit me and I think um, it's fun when it's an experience that we're both having for the first time so I think I'll save like, you know, I want to go to Sicily, right? Um, I want to see Palermo and, and and do plenty of stuff on Sicily. I guess maybe Venice, but I think I would do Italian travels with people who are coming to visit me here when I have the, the time to take off because that was fun for it to be an experience for all of us. Plus, you know, I've done plenty of things in Napoli by now. So it's fun to kind of redirect the group activities to a location that's new for me.
0: Okay. And then one more question that I have for you. Now that you have a vision of what my only impression of myself being in Italy is, can you think of anything I'll be surprised by or what do you think will be like the coolest for me to see that's like not Roman version of Italy?
1: (laughs) Again, the most I can compare it to is Napoli. Um, And I really do think just like walking down a street in the center of Naples is a very different vibe. Just like the way the street is made, the way the buildings look like the energy there, the people there, like it's, it's very different. And I think especially if you're coming to the city itself and not just going to Pompeii, you'll be surprised at how it doesn't feel as touristy. There's certainly tourists there. And if you go to some of the more touristy locations, you will see plenty of them, but like on the whole, it feels like a city that is its own and operating on its own and tourism just happens around it. Whereas Rome feels like a tourist city where there are some people who live at least based on the like, you know, 18 hours I had there or whatever. So I think that's what will surprise you the most. is just like the architecture and like the feel, the size of the streets, you know, these like tiny alleyways that you still have cars going down. Like Napoli is, is, is like claustrophobia and like the the way the building feels around you is very different. Um, And then just like the tourism uh, side of it.
0: Cool. That makes sense. Well, awesome. Thank you. This was super fun. I am just feeling so curious about the rest of your trip and we can't talk about it all right now, but I'm really excited to, but yeah, this was fun that we now have both been to Rome. Finally, another place that we've both been, there's kind of a long list. Yeah. And it was fun to to kind of get back to the Greek
1: roots as well, and start to compare a little bit of that. I feel like that's an episode coming. Um, although it's been years for both of us at this point, so it might be a lot of like reaching into
0: the depths
1: yeah, the <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. I was to
1: bring that up, yeah,
0: yeah. And it is interesting, I kind of forget the comparisons almost, like I don't, but there is something about like going to Athens and Rome in the same trip, kind of does make sense. That's not that rare of an agenda. We maybe didn't have the you know, there's plenty of ways we could have taken our agenda and it's not like the obvious default, but it's not that crazy to do Rome and Athens in the same trip. So yeah, it's like, it does make sense as a comparison. Yeah, for sure. Well, cool. Um, This was great. We don't have any other segments right now, but this was very fun to record again for the first time in a while. Who knows when the next one will happen. Yeah. I guess times
1: have been booted. This was just like the origin of booted sisters in terms of the Italy boot
0: was you were the first one to go to Italy. Yeah. I was the first booted of the two of us. If we think about it that way and you're more booted. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just remembered something I want to end the episode with. Um, Oh, I was going to tell you off off camera. doesn't really make sense, but off recording, but I'm realizing I might as well tell it on recording. I think the listeners will be excited. They'll already know this though. So I have a secret. This is a secret segment.
1: Besides and I can tell you now.
0: April Fools secret. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I guess for the secret segment. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now I want to have a secret segment every week. This will be fun. Um yeah, sorry, not sorry. I'm not sorry at all that we did April Fools. High five Rachel that we were successful. I did not think we would be. <laughs> no, I thought everybody was like giggling from my very first video about, it, but whatever. <laughs> no, your first video was great. That's actually I-, I don't know. I don't know what set us up for success, but that was definitely um a good component. But your teaser video if anyone's confused but um no this is not about april fools but i have a secret and i'm only going to tell you if you're okay with being told a secret that you have to not tell any of our siblings i feel like this isn't you have it's a couple you have like three days that you have to not tell anybody
1: yeah i was going to say if we're going to
0: publish this episode then it can't be yeah yeah by next week it's not a secret um so this we're recording on wednesday april 5th (laughs) by the day this publishes next week this is not a secret Um, Do you have a guess? I gave some hints already. Are you going to Josh's birthday party? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I asked Sam to talk me into it in February, basically. I was like, I'm having FOMO. Josh, our brother Josh in Philly is having a big... 30th birthday party. Josh and Jonathan have had like several parties since they moved to Philly and I've missed all of them because most of them have been since I've lived in Denver. And I just always have FOMO. They sound so fun. And when Josh sent his invitation for his 30th birthday, I was just like already feeling sad and thinking about FOMO. And then I was like, wait, part of something I thought about when I decided to move across the country was that now I can maybe every once in a while surprise somebody during something why not do it now? Like I haven't done it yet. So I texted Sam and I asked her if I should do it, which is how, you know, I knew I wanted to do it. Cause what what, she's going to say, no, I'm not asking her to pay for it. And so then I booked the, my flying, I'll send you my flights. It is garbage. These are the worst flights. I it's not going to be good. I'm flying frontier. They're direct. So that part's good, but the times are horrid. Um, and I'm so excited. So only Sam and our cousin, Kathy know, as far as people who will be at the party and we've done a great job of keeping the secret. And I didn't tell you because Josh was going to be with you and I didn't want you to know, and I didn't want you to have a secret, but now you can have a secret. (laughs) Uh,
1: what is your black and white outfit going to be?
0: I'm just wearing a black dress, um, that I have that. Yeah. It's not that exciting, but yes, I am. The theme is black and white. So I am going to be on theme. Perfect.
1: Wow. That's awesome. He's going to be so excited. What a great gift. Do you think
0: he'll be surprised?
1: Yeah. I mean, as of (laughs) this morning, he was not at all like hinting at thinking you were, you would show up. Um, so I, I think he will be very surprised and very happy.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm excited. Um, and listeners. I hope you've, I'm, I think I'm probably going to post something about this. There's, I feel like people will know by now that this has happened, but, uh, if you didn't already know, uh, ask me how it went because this is pretty surprising. All right. That's the secret segment. Let me know if you want more. <laughs> in the future. <laughs> we know the answer. People want more secrets. I know. Uh, okay. Um, I've got to go. This was great. Thank you for taking the time to record and tell me all about Rome. Sweet. All right. Um.
1: Yeah. Have a good rest of your day and a good rest of your week. I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
0: You know what we should have? Included Joe in this call.